definitely human. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It is 1927, after months of late nights in the musty libraries and universities of Chicago and painfully slow correspondence with doddering academics, Joy Dutton Cavendish and her unusual family of occult investigators have uncovered a possible origin of the dreadful cult of Angela Gresley. On a ship bound for India, Cornelia Cavendish, Dorothy Taylor and Sebastian St. Battenberg resolve to unravel and find destroy the web of evil that has entangled them for so long. Meanwhile, Joy struggles with a terrible secret. There is an evil growing inside her, and she has heard whispers of a cure for her supernatural condition. But what little hope there is lies hidden in the dark, untamed wilderness of the Infinite Bad. Ruins of Karajar, Part 1 It is the summer of 1927, and the world bends and creaks with strain, loping heedlessly into the future. Distances begin to compress as the spirit of St. Louis makes its first transatlantic flight, and radio phones enable direct communication across oceans. And as the world condenses and becomes more crowded, tensions begin to reach breaking point. Riots in China and protests in India remind nervous British governors that their riding boots are perched on the necks of sleeping giants. Extreme actions and extreme ideologies flourish, from rime-encrusted polar expeditions into the lifeless margins of the planet to anarchist firebombings that hope to break down the very foundations of human society and form it anew. Tossed helplessly in these changing times, four strangers, now fast friends, find themselves on an ocean voyage from London to Bombay. Dorothy Taylor, Cornelia Cavendish, Sebastian St. Battenberg, Joy Dutton Cavendish. Eight years ago, a series of tragic events was put into motion that exposed these four poor souls to untold horrors and sights no human should ever witness. Somehow, they have survived these ordeals and have continued to delve, more unwittingly than not, into the secrets that stir beneath. 
Our heroes are aboard the RMS Arundel Castle, a large and fairly luxurious ocean liner, around 200 metres long and with a capacity of over 500 passengers, in addition to its crew. It is one of several liners that travels the London to Bombay route, bringing supplies, mail and travellers to and from one of the jewels in Britain's imperial crown. Our hero's ultimate destination is Lake Balaganur in the province of Bombay. Joy's research has implied the existence of a cult related to the seemingly immortal Angela Gresley, and in Lake Balaganur they resolve to find its origins or force its demise. Unbeknownst to her companions, Joy's research has been propelled by a powerful desperation. A writhing evil is growing inside her, and her only chance of salvation is a whispered story of a cure found in the lost city of Karajah. This morning, the captain of the Arundel Castle has informed the passengers that the ship is a mere two days from making landfall in Bombay, and there is a growing anticipation perceptible in the first-class passengers who fill the rest of the tea room. It has been more than a fortnight since the ship left harbour, and although the diversions of the liner were ample at first, monotony has set in, and many passengers are anxious to feel dry land once again, especially as the dim sounds of rain and poor weather hum through the ship's walls, and the room sways a little more energetically than anyone is comfortable with. In this gilded age of high-luxury ocean travel, the room our heroes are in is decorated to look like it might be the tea room in a grand old-world hotel in Paris or Vienna. Massive velvet curtains drape over elegant white and navy inlaid walls and heavy brass timepieces. They sit around a pointlessly ornate table, dominated by a three-tiered cake stand studded with tastefully placed sweet fancies, surrounded by four cups of excellent tea. The now frail frame of Cornelia Cavendish and the haggard Sebastian St. Battenberg haunt two plush chairs, nursing their drinks and refreshing their difficult friendship. Meanwhile, Joy prepares to open up to Dorothy, finding the burden of her terrible secret unbearable. Dorothy has been anticipating an explanation for Joy's anxious and strange behaviour for some time, but she is unprepared for the magnitude of the revelation. Dorothy, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I've been keeping a terrible secret. Um, I didn't want to worry Sebastian or Cornelia unnecessarily, um, but I fear that Angela Gresley made me drink this tea, and no. I'm, I can feel something in my stomach, and I, I just don't know if it's the fear of being on this ship, or maybe I'm turning into something, a monster within. Oh, I'm, joy. I'm terrified. I don't know what to do. Oh, sweetheart, I'm, I'm so sorry. I. Promise you... me you won't tell them. No, of course, of course. We'll keep this between us. They would probably react poorly. <laughs> um, but have you had any other symptoms other than sort of this feeling of of unease? I've had a bit of an upset stomach, but as I as I say, I'm just I'm not sure. You know, I'm, I just don't know what to do. I'm I'm hoping we travel to India and I can find. I've I've heard whispers of a cure, and um, I'm hoping that we can find it together. But I just wanted to tell you, I know. Um, we've become close friends and your medical knowledge, I don't know, just Aww. if you see me taking a turn for the worst, you know what's up. I yes, yes, of course, of course. I'll 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 keep an eye out, but I think we need to focus on the positives. <sighs> okay. I think if you haven't had any other symptoms, I think let's take this one day at a time and and maybe revisit it once we're off a ship. Mm. You know, that can't be good for your stomach either. So whatever happens, we'll find the cure. 
We will. Okay. We will. <sighs> so in fact, in, in the months between now and the time that you spent the events that happened in America, Joy, you've been doing a lot of research into what's happened and what might be inside of you in, in quite a panicked fervor. And so you've heard this story relayed to you by a British colonial officer of this Indian Chhatrapati, which is a kind of local royalty who was torn apart by his own people. And the official report that this British colonial officer submitted recounting the story is that the villagers believed that he had reneged on a commitment to carry out a ritual of self-sacrifice and had found a way to reverse the effects of a poison that he had been forced to imbibe by the royal shaman, and that this seemed to involve bathing in a specially prepared pool of ritual liniment, which he built in the centre of his capital, known as Karajah. And so your research has indicated that it is within central India, some way inland from Bombay. And that's part of the reason you've you've brought everyone together. But I don't think you haven't told any of the rest of them. You've told Dorothy a bit of it now. But do you want to tell Sebastian and Cornelia? I mean, they seem quite happy drinking. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy drinking, Mrs. Cavendish. I don't know about you. <laughs> oh, good friend. I've always thought so. I've always thought so. It's just such a shame what happens to all my friends. Oh. <laughs> I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I fear the time might not be quite right. <laughs> not, not quite right, yeah. What are you, Joy and Dorothy, doing whilst... Do you, are you quite accustomed to watching Sebastian and Cornelia just drink themselves into a stupor yeah, every afternoon? I'm definitely eating some cakes. That's yeah. what's happening in my yeah. general vicinity is cake eating. It's carb loading. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so as you are drinking, both of you, Cornelia and Sebastian, mm -hmm. you're interrupted by the tinkling of a delicate silver bell and the now familiar and welcome face of Marcel, the metro of the dining room, appears at the far end of the tea room. He says, Owing to the most unfortunate occurrence that took place in the dining room last night, and at this a titter rises from some of the corners of the room as the previous evening's drunken incident is remembered. Dinner shall be served here in the tea room tonight with our deepest apologies. On cue, two dozen immaculately dressed waitstaff begin wheeling out large silver trolleys laden with covered dishes with all the swift aggressiveness of artillerymen taking position. With a flourish, each of you is presented with your meal for the evening. As the silver dome is removed, you look down at your plate to find venison and croute, a popular favourite among the guests over the past two weeks that you've been travelling by boat. As you eagerly raise your forks, make perception checks. Twelve. Fourteen. Seven. Twenty. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, Dorothy, you got a fourteen. Yes. You notice that there's something different about the venison and croute this time. This is a meal that you've had many times, uh, basically once every three days on the voyage from London to Bombay. Clearly, they'd stocked up on it, and this is a, wow. a, a firm favorite for the liner cuisine. But there's something slightly different about it this time that puts you ill at ease. Cornelia, you know exactly what it is. As soon as you pick up your fork, you sniff the air and then bring your, 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 the plate closer to you so you can um, sniff it with more 
attention and you realize that there is a distinct and unmistakable note of lemon <gasps> in the crust itself. It might just be the chef taking liberties, but for you, this is not a good sign. And the fact that you've had it every three days and it's always been the same and this time it's different raises major alarm bells for you. Mm. Joy and Sebastian, it looks delicious. It smells delicious. This is like your favorite time <laughs> of the day every three days. So this you are... Cavendish. This <laughs> fantastic. Levels! Oh, God. I run over uh, and I try to slap uh, the venison uh, off their plates. No, oh, you're doing, you're doing so well. It smells Lemon. <laughs> You've got to let it go. <laughs> let it go. Lemon. Just oh, let it lemon go. I want to uh, take the crust and like bring it up to their noses so they can better smell. Oh, what are you doing? Oh. Uh, smell it, Sebastian. <laughs> I don't want to. Are you bringing it up to Sebastian's face? Yeah. Okay, um, Sebastian. I mean, you can make another perception check, an unwilling perception check. <laughs> 12 again. 12 again. He smells nothing. He smells it's delicious. He, he wants to sit down. It's just a delicious food. Why are you ruining this for me? Cornelia, you need to make a wisdom check now. I thought we were friends. Oh my God, 20. <laughs> what? Okay, What's going uh, on? <laughs> so I was going to give you some dread for this, um, but, but you're so possessed with your intense need to make sure that no one else eats this that, that it kind yeah, of overrides so I wanna the... go now to Joy and shove the crust in her face and say, you smell it! You smell it, don't you? Okay, Joy, Cornelia's clearly drunk again. Make a perception okay. check. One. <laughs> okay. No! Why would anyone believe me? <laughs> it smells incredible. In fact, you want you you start eating it as she's holding the plate up. I slap it out of her mouth if I, I have make to. Make an attack roll. <laughs> Nine. Okay, um, you, you miss, but all that happens okay. is you tip the plate over and she just, Joy, you're it's just no forlorn. This yeah. is your favourite meal. As long as I'm getting in between her and the food, <laughs> I've succeeded. Cornelia, what the hell are you doing? There is something different about it this time, you must admit. It is poisoned. No. I mean, poison's strong, but it does seem lemony. Poison. This is what it's going to be like, isn't it? You yes. understand? This yes. is what the whole trip is going to be like. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were my friend. I go. thought we were making progress. We were. <laughs> so one of the I start rocking. <laughs> <laughs> one of the diners uh, at the table next to you is tutting quite loudly and says, "They're at it again." <laughs> Are they eating the venison? Everyone else is is tucking straight in. Okay, <laughs> I just I go flip tables. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, you walk over to uh, the I next table. I walk nowhere, over. Georgia. Okay. <laughs> I run. You, okay, you sprint over to the next table over and a large pudgy man is regaling the rest of the table uh, with tales of the villainous and murderous Gandhi and the horrible things that he's doing to the to the province of India. Mm-hmm. And as as he, he's in mid, uh, mid-flow, he looks up at you, looming over the table. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and may I help you, madam? You flip the table. Yeah. <laughs> you flip the table. I don't okay. think I need to address okay. him directly. Yeah. Make a strength check. He's not the problem. <laughs> Seven. Seven. Okay, so you start raising the table and it lists and the cake stand falls off it. All of the, the, the plates of venison start sliding off. Um, the, the, the large man grabs his plate anxiously and he's like, 
What are you doing, you drunkard? I've started to march towards Cornelia. I'd like to grab Cornelia. Okay, um, as you put your hands on Cornelia's shoulders, a second set of hands also falls on your shoulders, Cornelia. Excuse me, my name is Dr. Bartholomew Fillmore, and you're clearly not well, madam. Uh, would you would you come with me? I think no! you need to have a lie down. No! Uh, it, I like to run. Sir, is this is this your mother? He, he turns to you, Sebastian. <laughs> Sebastian St. Vatimberg, time time short. No, this is a good acquaintance of mine, and we have a doctor. Thank you for your concern. But Please go away, sir. You have a doctor? She's clearly delirious. Are you her? her... I quite agree. <laughs> <laughs> is, does she have a minder or a nurse? That, that she... Yes, I... For my sins, <laughs> accept that burden, yes, at times. And also the lady side of the table over there, one of which is a very accomplished doctor. Okay, well, let, let's bring her back to the table. Cornelia, won't you come with us and sit back down? And we'll Are they all continuing to eat? Yeah, yeah, everyone else is just like shoveling food into their mouths. Am I going to have to make a strength check? <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> can I oppose it? Yes, you, my... you definitely can. <laughs> Twelve. Three. <laughs> Just lift okay. Uh, but I don't go quietly. And, well, Dr. Bartholomew, okay, he, he also um, participates in restraining you, Cornelia. And well, no, I'll accept it from Sebastian more or less, but not from this Dr. Bartholomew. <laughs> I would like to I'd put my hands in his face <laughs> and I'd kick him in the shins. <laughs> Um, you do manage to lash out at him, yeah. um, and he takes it uh, with some grace, uh, and you are delivered back to your chair. Uh, Joy, you're looking jealously over at the venison on crude that's still in front of Dorothy. You've got no food at all, and you don't really understand why Dorothy's not eating hers. Right. Well, I do really feel like there's something a little bit amiss with this, and until we figure out why there's lemon in this yeah. venison dish, I think we should play it cautiously, and I think that means maybe not bring too much attention to ourselves. Is one of you a nurse? Says Dr. Bartholomew. I'm a you. doctor. Okay, so you're, you're Cornelia's nurse. Uh, will, will you bring her back to... Her I'm sorry, sir, didn't you hear? She's a doctor. Who is your doctor? Who's, who? I am Dr. Dorothy Taylor, and you are not needed here. Ooh, okay. Um, make an intimidate check. 17. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Blanches. Uh, he looks at you and he mutters, well, I suppose they do things differently in the colonies. Uh... In the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> I had trouble with it too. It's fine. You get used to it. Um, he starts to take his leave then. Um, but as he does so, he turns and um, all of you make a perception check. 17. 18. 19. 1. Okay. Uh, <laughs> really, like, extreme roles. <laughs> At this point, um, all of you, except for Sebastian, who's keen on this guy leaving as well, notice that he sniffs the air, and this really sets you off again, Cornelia. He sniffs the air, and as he does so, he looks down at the venison, and then he looks directly at you, Joy, with some interest, and then he turns around and he starts walking down the crowded tea room, and he it. stops after about 40 feet, looks back again directly at you, Joy, sees that you're still looking at him, and then walks away quite hurriedly. Why is he looking at me? Did you see him looking at me? I don't like that man at all. Darcy, what if he knows? What if he knows what? Nothing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, don't worry, I'll tell you later. Look at this mess you've made, Mrs. Cavendish. I mean, honestly. I, I think you've had quite enough sherry for this evening. 
Wait, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's still the afternoon. Right? Yeah. It's like uh, six. Perhaps I have as well. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like we should follow that guy. He's acting suspiciously. Okay. I think, I yeah, let's follow him. Yeah, it wouldn't be crazy for us to follow him on the pretext of, like, getting his medical opinion on something. I don't think but he's going to trust I, that I thought we established that you're a doctor and don't require a man to tell you about doctor stuff. You were quite right, Sebastian. <laughs> so I say we let him go. He was acting very suspiciously. He though. was acting suspiciously. It feels like he knows that something is wrong with the venison and it also feels like his attention was focused way too much on Joy. He was looking mm. at me a lot, very suspiciously. Mm. Have you got your gun, Dorothy? I do. Oh. Do you have your This gun? is all moving very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all have some sort of... We're armed in some way, all of us. Oh, right? yes, I've got arms. I hold up my arms. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. Let's follow this man. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay right. we follow the man. <laughs> okay, so you start bustling down the aisle. Um, he's just... <laughs> He's already left the tea room, um, but as you follow him, you can see him just kind of turning the corner at the end of one of the ship's hallways, which are completely deserted now because everyone is um, inside the tea room eating. Remind me again what we didn't like about this fellow. Why wasn't he eating the venison? Maybe he's a vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) Where did he come from when he accosted you, Cornelia? Yeah, none of you saw him. Have we ever noticed him on the ship before? I've never seen him. The uh, ship must have doctors, right? Yeah, yeah, assume. yeah. I mean, he might just be a doctor who is traveling, yeah. not like the ship's yeah. doctor. Make a an intelligence check, Dorothy, to see if you can remember seeing him. Two. No, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I haven't paid very close attention to anyone aboard this ship for the entire journey. Yeah, no. So we can't tell where he's gone at all? Well, yeah, no, you, you've seen him just go around the corner. We don't know you where You can he's just gone. keep following him. Oh, keep following him then, yeah. Yes, I was just wondering why, though. Because he's suspicious. And that's right. what we're doing. We're following suspicious things and people okay. all around the world. <laughs> that's that's the our thing. That's we're going to India. But let's just not shoot him, though, please. Can we not just attack a man just because he seems a bit off? Look, I'm just saying, okay? Sebastian, the reason why we're all going to India is because we are after the cure to this phenomenon that we've all stumbled upon. I've heard through a James Whitford British officer. You're saying this as you're walking down the corridor and now everyone's just intently listening yeah. to you. Yeah. <laughs> Getting closer and closer. <laughs> um, a cure for this, what are we calling it? Illness? Infection? The tooth fairies. The tooth fairies. I thought you were just going to go and find them and stop them with violence. (laughs) That hasn't really worked for us so far, though, has it? Okay, so as you're walking, as you're talking, and you're nearing this corner, uh, and as you do so, all of you make perception checks at advantage. That's the wrong kind of... Seven. Fifteen. Does that mean we roll two? Yeah, you roll two and you take the better one. Oh, good. 18, 16. So all of you, except for Cornelia, you literally turn the corner and he's right there. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. Um, (laughs) He's just lighting up a cigarette, um, just leaning against the corner. He's got this brass ashtray stand next to him uh, and he's looking nonchalant. Makes sense motive checks, though. Yeah, all of you. No, not you, Cornelia, because you literally haven't seen him. You're, you're still staring at Joy, waiting for her to continue her story. Oh, yeah, that's just normal. normal. Yeah. 18. 18. 1. 
okay, so you don't suspect anything at all, Dorothy. He's just this, this man's just having a cigarette like any good doctor would. Um, but, <laughs> but both of you, Sebastian and Joy, this is very strange. He's, he, it sounds to you like he's been eavesdropping, and you're you're very disconcerted by this, Joy. Sebastian, this isn't good. He just heard everything I've been saying. I it's, smile extremely I'm widely. Yeah, he's literally right. He's like, I haven't heard anything. <laughs> Oh, that's embarrassing. I'm not an eavesdropper. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, again. We came to apologise about the whole the fuss earlier. I feel like we got off to a bad start. No trouble at all, no trouble at all. And uh, how are you feeling, um, my dear lady? He looks over at you, Cornelia. Very well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yourself, young miss, he looks at you, Joey. You looked... Uh, uh, perhaps slightly nauseous at the dinner table. I wonder whether... Seasickness! She doesn't like the sea for some reason. Never told us why. <laughs> Indeed, is that so? Yes, just an everyday seasickness. And he That's leans me. a little bit too close to you now, and then he, his <laughs> eyes look over at you, Dorothy, as well, and he says, I'm just curious as to... Your your party seems to be afflicted in, in, in some way. Perhaps you're not accustomed to this sort of travel by boat. We are very well-travelled... Fa- I'd like to lean right in as well, <laughs> right up to him. We are very well-travelled, thank you very much. Dr. Bartholomew, why are you going to India on this yes. ship? Indeed, as uh, I'm, I'm intent on, on visiting Bombay, and uh, I am seeking out uh, a cure for a condition. <gasps> Which condition, sir? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that this is... Were you eavesdropping on us, sir? Absolutely not, miss. That's quite an impugnment upon All my honour. she honor. means by that, I look daggers and joy, <laughs> is that my friend here is an anthropologist and talks about this kind of thing all the time. It's very interesting. It's just you seem to have um, similar interests. That's what you meant, wasn't it, Joy? Mm. Wasn't it, Joy? <laughs> but which condition, Dr. Bartholomew, are you trying to find a cure for? Uh, I'm really not at liberty to say to uh, an American. <gasps> Who do you work for, then? Now, what was your name, miss? He turns again to you, conspicuously ignoring Cornelia. Just, miss Dutton oh, Cavendish. Miss Dutton Cavendish. I'm just curious as to how your condition is... Uh, progressing and as he says this suddenly the ship heaves and shudders violently accompanied by an overwhelmingly loud metallic groan from below screams immediately break out across the deck audible through the thin walls separating the cabins and then the dreadful sound of water rushing begins Oh no. No, no! 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 Okay, I'm going to like absolute meltdown. One, the the horror of just finding out that maybe he knows about my secret, and then two, because it's happening again. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so the ship has heaved, and indeed, Doctor Bartholomew has been hurled down the hallway, and you can see he looks unconscious now. He's hit his head oh against the wall. Uh, of this corridor and he's just on the floor now and his his head seems to be bleeding into the carpet. Uh, I rush towards him. Yeah, I do as well. Okay. I do as well. Uh, so, Dorothy, you can make a medicine check at advantage to see if you know what's wrong with him. Uh, if you fail, then the others can just make basic perception checks. 
I mean, I think I would be a very poor doctor if I couldn't <laughs> <figure> out. <laughs> this is such a puzzle. Why is this man bleeding from his head yeah. after being thrown across it's a ship? Sort of just, mm, heavy, blunt object. What a mystery. Um, 18. 18. Uh, yeah, he's he's pretty severely hurt. He's not dead. Um, but yeah, he's not going to just get back up again. Is it safe to move him, Dorothy? Um, I would probably be, advise against that at the moment. Um, let's just check to make sure that his airways are clear. <laughs> and... well, okay. So, sorry, before you do all this, all of you make wisdom checks. 14, 19, 15, 20. Wow. Okay. All of you, except for Dorothy, gain five dread. Okay. Uh, Dorothy, you're too concerned by this, this clearly unconscious man. Uh, well, I'm going to do some first aid on him, stop the bleeding, all that stuff. The ship is sinking. We must get to the lifeboats. We can't just leave him here. No, we'll take him with us. But Dorothy just said not to move him. Oh. Okay, well, if, if it feels like if, we're, if it's an emergency, then um, let's just do it really carefully and try not to twist I his I grab spine. him by the legs. <laughs> Joy, uh, Joy, you are looking around wild-eyed, and you can see that water is rushing into this hallway now. Make a wisdom check at disadvantage. Six. Okay, you gain 15 dread, both from the revelation that Dr. Bartholomew knew about your condition and from the fact that it's happening again. <laughs> I want to just run to the deck. Yeah. And just abandon. Cornelia, stay with Joy. Uh, Sebastian, help me move this man. Okay. Uh... Okay. So the ship is now listing quite, quite dramatically. So Cornelia and Joy make uh, athletics checks to start making your way to the deck of the ship. And... Dorothy and Sebastian, you trying to lift him? Like, very carefully, yes. Okay, so make strength checks. Athletics checks, uh, nine. Eight. Okay. Sixteen. Nine. Okay, so Sebastian and Dorothy, you have managed to lift him. He's he's not particularly heavy, and between you, you you've managed to do it. So, um, Dorothy, you're at his head, so you can have a closer look at the head wound, and Sebastian, you're at his feet. So you're actually able to catch up to Cornelia and Joy, who are actually having trouble. Uh, the ship is listed such that the corridor is now facing upwards to get to the deck, uh, and water is rushing in to such an extent that it's sodden the carpet and actually made it quite slippery. So you're stumbling a little bit, and you haven't made much progress. Uh, water is now filling the, the, the corridor quite quickly. Where are we trying to get to? The deck. The deck. I'm running up to the deck. I need to find out what's going on. Okay. Yeah, lifeboats, probably. Yeah, yeah. lifeboat. Right. We need cool. to get out of here. So uh, now all four of you are m- making your way together. Uh, make another athletics check, except you, uh, Dorothy and Sebastian, make it at disadvantage because you're carrying someone. Eight. Ten. Ten. Three. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Cornelia, you're falling behind a little bit. Dorothy, you have dropped the doctor's head. Oh! Oh, Dorothy! (laughs) Um, You tried to keep your balance and hold his head, but it was one or the other, and you dropped his head. He kind of flops, and his head just starts spinning past you, Sebastian. Uh, And you, you, Sebastian, you fall to one knee and try to catch his entire body with your bulk behind it, and you manage to stop him from just sliding all the way back down the corridor towards the water. Um, but but you you guys are stopped. Uh, Joy, you've managed to proceed ahead, and you're actually now very near the deck. You're just going to keep going? Yeah. Just, yeah. Um... Uh, I'm going to try and put this guy on my shoulder mm. and just say to you guys, just go! <laughs> just go! <laughs> Make a strength check, Sebastian. 
18. Great. Okay, so you just hoist them into a fireman's hold over your shoulder uh, and stand back up. Dorothy and Cornelia make another athletics check. 16. 14. So panting, you emerge onto the deck of the Arundel Castle, but your relief at escaping the rapidly filling tunnel of water behind you is short-lived. Before you is a scene of utter confusion and mayhem. The Arundel Castle is listed dramatically and now juts at a 45 degree angle from the water. The rain and near constant flashes of lightning leave you close to blind and through the thronging crowds of terrified passengers scrabbling along the inclined deck, you think you can make out something in the dark. Some sort of formless thing looms half in your mind, half beneath the pitching coal black waters. Make wisdom checks. 11. 11. 11. 16. Okay, all of you, uh, except for Sebastian, gain 20 dread. Sebastian, you gain 10 dread. Is this the same as the thing in Hong Kong under the water? Does it look the same? Uh, you can't make it out well enough between the rain and the flashes of lightning. Uh, is anyone, has anyone fallen in the sea? Yeah, lots of people. Do they look like they can hear Weird Whale Song? <laughs> I know that's a tough thing to yeah, judge, yeah, yeah. especially when we can't really see. They're just there, being like the whales. Yeah, is anyone? It's unbearable. <laughs> no, uh, you cannot tell. They oh, are. Okay. Yeah, you can. You can barely make out that there are people just falling off the deck and sliding off. So you can see lifeboats. Uh, they are being lowered into the water quite quickly. I mean, the, this is not a well-drilled procedure, uh, Joy. This is exactly the same as what you experienced okay. uh and the chaos and disorganization is the same um but you see one relatively close to the four of you that looks like it might have room women and children fast <laughs> women and children fast in the pandemonium of shrieking passengers and screeching metal, Joy stares up at Cornelia's determined face. Cornelia is shouting something, but Joy can't hear her over the screaming in her ears as the cold panic takes over. Shivering with the rush of adrenaline, Joy stumbles and reaches out her hand to steady herself, but there is nothing there. In that moment, she sees the ship listing, men and women throwing themselves overboard, and her mind pulls her back to the shipwreck that stole her family. The screaming becomes louder now, too loud to bear, and Joy realises it is coming from herself. She screams the same three words over and over. It's happening again. It's happening again. You've been listening to The Ruins of Karajar, written by Giorgio Mariani and produced and edited by David Knight and Tom Dalling, with music by Jonathan Day. Starring Eleanor Kohler as Dorothy Taylor, Maximilian John as Cornelia Cavendish, David Knight as Sebastian St. Battenberg, and Charlie May as Joy Dutton Cavendish. I am Giorgio Mariani, Game Master. You can follow us on Twitter at The Infinite Bad and support the production of this series on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash definitely human. The Infinite Bad is a definitely human production.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.